Hey there, I'm Craig Matson, and this is a think piece for Spiritual Capital, Season 3. I doubt that I can tell you anything you don't already know about economic capital in your organization. You know where the cash is. You know how your equipment's doing. You keep an eye on your property. And thanks to the sociologist Robert Putnam, you already know about social capital, too. You depend upon it every day, the importance of your networks, the people you know. You may remember from a freshman class in college, the French thinker Pierre Bourdieu. He taught us all about cultural capital, which is roughly, you know, the certifications of your life, the accreditations, the diplomas on your wall. Chris Rabb has recently defined invisible capital as our intangible equipment that we use in vocational life, like how we speak, how we write, what our parents taught us about good manners, but also things like how to know how to find a grant for your project, or what it is to work really hard, or how to comport yourself in institutional life so that people will trust you. You can notice the theme, can't you? One thing that's easy to overlook about all these kinds of capital is how easy it is to overlook all these kinds of capital. My own research suggests that we often miss what is directly in front of us. I talked to for the book project, Why Spiritual Capital Matters, some 45 organizational leaders. And on this podcast for the previous two years, I've spoken with many more. And what I've learned, well, ask Bree Jones. She develops forsaken properties in West Baltimore. She says these neighborhoods have good bones. Ask Amy Butler, ask Mark Elston, ask Rich Topple. They help aging churches use their buildings for the common good. Ask Robert White, who helps companies, corporations in Chicago to see the promise of people with a history of incarceration. These people's stories and insights have taught me that organizational leadership does more than cash in on the obvious. Leaders like you also need to be able to discern the barely perceptible latency of workplace communities and their neighborhoods. That's why I keep talking to you about spiritual capital. Let me make a side note here. I think when we hear the term spiritual capital, we often think about the inner resources of individuals. That person has spiritual They're resilient. They're prayerful. They're contemplative. But in this book, Why Spiritual Capital Matters, I'm attending to a different kind of spiritual capital, and that is a collective spiritual capital. So I do think leaders need to exercise spiritual capital, but they need to exercise it in order to see what everybody else is overlooking, the hidden resources of a workplace and its neighborhood. So this is, as I've mentioned, the third season of Spiritual Capital. It's a series of short reflection pieces, rather different from the interview format of the first two seasons. I'm hoping that you'll do two things. One, that you will launch some fresh talk in your organization about what people are overlooking. And the other thing I'm hoping for is that you'll buy my book. You can find it on bookshop.org. You can, of course, find it on Amazon and on the Stock website. That's W-I-P-F and stock. Thanks for your attention, and thanks for the work you do to help others see and activate the gifts that otherwise are circulating invisibly in your workplace.